Thank you for listening to the Crossridge Podcast. Today's message is by Senior Pastor Mark Farnell. For more information about Crossridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Go ahead and have a seat. As you're being seated, I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 6. I hope you are ready to study God's powerful word. I hope you are ready to study God's relevant word. I hope you are ready to study God's unchanging word this morning as brothers and sisters in Christ. God wants us to live what we learn from his word because his word is best for us. It is best for you and it is best for me. And we know this as we apply the truth of his word in our day-to-day lives, which is what we're going to continue doing this morning, learning how to apply his truth and then in these moments applying his truth in our lives. Paul, in Galatians chapter 6, is sharing with us some of our responsibilities uh, as brothers and sisters in Christ that we have to one another because we're family in Jesus. God has adopted us into his forever family by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. And God wants us to live his way. God wants us to love his way as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And so Paul in Galatians 6 has been sharing with us some of our responsibilities that we have to one another so that we can live his way. First responsibility we've talked about, we're responsible to pick up one another. We have seen this responsibility in verse 1. When we see a brother or sister who is caught or trapped in sin, we have a responsibility to go and pick them up spiritually, to help them, to restore them, to help them get back into a right relationship with God and with us, their brothers and sisters in Christ. We are responsible to hold up one another. We saw this truth in verse 2. Once we have picked up a brother or sister in Christ out of that trap of sin, we are responsible to hold them up spiritually. We do this as we carry one another's burdens. As we carry one another's burdens, we fulfill the law of Christ, which is to love one another as Jesus loves us. And so we've seen in verse 1 and 2, we pick up, we hold up. In verses 3 through 5, we are responsible to look up with one another. Paul shared this in verses 3 through 5 of chapter 6 as he shared these words, For if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Let each person examine his own work, and then he can take pride in himself alone and not compare himself with someone else. For each person will have to carry his own work load. And so we see Paul reminded us here that we need to look up with one another to God so that we can continue picking up and holding up one another. What Paul was saying is if we don't look up with one another to God, we will certainly not pick up and hold up one another for long. When we stop looking up to God, we stop living out for God. Paul warned us in verses 3 through 5 to look up with one another to God so that we don't get caught in the sin of pride. He said, if we think we're something spiritual, if we as followers of Jesus Christ think we're something special spiritually, we're deceiving ourselves. If we think we know more or we're better or more spiritual than our brothers and sisters in Christ, especially those who are caught or trapped in sin, then we're deceiving ourselves. The more we grow in our faith in Christ, the more we see clearly how far we still have to grow in our faith in Christ. Remember, what Paul has been teaching us is spiritual maturity 
always leads to humility, not pride. Spiritual maturity always leads to humility, not pride. Spiritual immaturity leads to pride. And then Paul continued and said that we're to carry our own load. What Paul challenged us last week as we left off is that God wants us to minister to those he's placed around us using the gifts and abilities and the skills that he's given us to minister to them. We are, as followers of Jesus, ministers for Jesus. Every one of us has a congregation, and God wants us to carry our own load, carry our own ministry. He wants us to minister to those he's placed around us. And as we ended, we shared there uh, was an emphasis here on the future Uh, that we see in verses three through five, knowing that God will reward us one day for the works that we do here on earth for him and his strength for his glory. And so this is encouragement for us to look up with one another. We get into our passage this morning and we see next we are to share with one another. In verse six, Paul continues and says, let the one who is taught the word share all his good things with the teacher. Let the one who is taught the word. We'll look at this part of verse 6, and then we'll take the second part uh, in just a moment and look at it. Let the one who is taught the word has a a, a specific reference, and then it has a general reference. So as we make our way through verse 6 in particular, you're going to see two lines of thought. There's going to be a specific line of thought that Paul's running through verse 6, And then as well, there is a general line of thought, a line of truth in verse 6 as well. So let's look at the specific reference first. Let the one who has taught the word. The one, let the one who has taught the word, the one is a reference to the brother or sister in Christ who was caught or overtaking in sin in verse 1. That one has been picked up and held up by a brother or sister in Christ. And they have shared their burden with that brother or sister in Christ. And the one who was caught in sin, overtaken in sin, they pick, they've been picked up and held up by a brother or sister in Christ because they, they shared their burden. And that other brother or sister in Christ either taught them God's word or reminded them of God's word, which helped that brother or sister to confess their sins to God so that they could be forgiven by God, get out of the trap of sin so that they could be restored to God and restored to their brothers and sisters. And so the one who was taught the word, that's the one. In verse 1, the one who was caught or overtaken in sin. Now, the one or ones who taught or reminded the one who was caught in sin is the one who is spiritual from verse 1. The brother or sister who is walking by the Spirit and humble dependence upon the Lord. So the one who has taught the word is in specific reference, the one who has taught the word in verse 6 is the one who was caught in sin in verse 1 and that has been brought back to restoration uh, with their relationship with God and their brothers and sisters in Christ. The specific reference. Now let's look at the general reference. Let the one who has taught the word in general refers to any and of all of us as followers of Jesus Christ. The general reference is to all of us. You see, one of the ways God grows you and one of the ways God grows me in our faith in Christ is through the effective teaching of the Word of God by faithful pastors, ministers, Bible teachers, and brothers and sisters who disciple us. And so we see that in the New Testament in particular, the 
growth that happened in the first church in Jerusalem that we read about in the book of Acts. The growth numerically and the growth spiritually that happened in the book of Acts, which is what ultimately led to these churches that Paul's writing the book of Galatians to and instructions that we've been reading throughout Galatians. That church in Jerusalem and all the churches that were born out of the explosive growth in the first church in Jerusalem was in large part due to the commitment to the apostles, what? Teaching. Teaching. Jesus commissioned us, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching, say that with me out loud, teaching them to obey everything that he has commanded us and we're to remember he is with us always to the end of the age. So the general reference is as followers of Jesus Christ, we are taught by one another to obey God's word and we teach one another to obey God's word. We are taught so that we can teach. And so there's a specific reference and there's a general reference. Now, let the one who has taught the word, now we're going to see how this all comes together as we look at the second part of verse 6. He said, shares, let the one who has taught the word share all his good things with the teacher. Share means to share in common. It means to distribute equally. It literally means to share. It's a present active imperative. It's a command. Just like restore in verse 1, just like carry in verse 2, just like examine in verse 4, it's a command. So we are to share. This command to share is a command that we're to obey every day as we walk by the Spirit in humble dependence upon the Lord. So let the one who's taught the Word, that means specifically the one that we saw in verse 1, means in general, every one of us, share all his or her good things. So we're to share, I got that. What is all his or her good things? All his or, good, all his or her good things includes encouraging words, texts, phone calls, emails, notes, cards, face-to-face encouragement. It includes words of thanks and appreciation. It includes testimonies about what God has taught them about the word, what God is teaching them, how they've been blessed by God, how they're excited about what God's doing, all that they're learning from God. It includes prayers of blessings. It includes prayers of thanks. It even includes sharing material goods, sharing gifts, sharing support, financial support. Includes all that with the teacher. Share all his good things with the teacher. The teacher is the one who faithfully teaches and shares the word of God. Shares all his good things with the teacher. So here's how verse 6 comes together. Specific reference. Let the one who was caught in sin in verse 1, who has now been picked up and held up, And they've been taught and reminded the word of God by a faithful brother or sister in Christ. Let that one who is now rightly related with God and with their brothers and sisters in Christ, because they're no longer caught in sin, let that one share 
all his or her good things with the teacher, with the one who helped them up and the one who picked them up, the one who helped them to be restored to God. They are to go to that one that helped them to get out of that trap of sin, and that specific one is to now share with the brother or sister or brothers or sisters who helped that one get out of the trap of sin their thanks, their appreciation, their encouragement. They're to share testimonies about what God is teaching them, how they're growing in their faith, in Christ, how they are so thankful that they're no longer caught in that trap of sin, but now they are walking with the Lord and all that the Lord is doing in their lives. They are to encourage their teacher, they're to thank their teacher, they're to bless their teacher in whatever way necessary. Now, the general reference the general reference is any and all of us as followers of Jesus Christ who are taught the Word of God by faithful Bible teachers, by faithful pastors and ministers, by faithful brothers or sisters who are discipling us, each one of us is a follower of Jesus Christ, for those that God is using to pour His truth into our lives, who teach us, we as brothers and sisters in Christ should make sure that we share all our good things with our teachers, with our pastors, Bible teachers, ministers, faithful disciples. We should share encouraging words and notes and calls and texts and emails and words of affirmation. We should thank them. We should appreciate them. We should tell them about what God's doing. We should tell them about how God's blessing their lives. We should tell them about how God's teaching us and what he's doing in our lives and how he's blessing us and all that we're learning. We should pray for our teacher and we should make sure that if there's any needs of our teachers that we're meeting those needs through whatever means necessary. We're to encourage them, we're to thank them, we're to bless them in any and every way. You see, sharing, which is the command in verse 6, sharing is a blessing to the one who shares his or her good things. Sharing is also a blessing to the one who receives all the good things. So really, sharing all his or her good things, what Paul is commanding us to, sharing all his or her good things, is a celebration of God's blessings. It's a celebration of God's growth. It's a celebration of God's power at work in us, through us, and around us as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And so we should just be sharing with one another, encouraging one another, thanking one another for those who are pouring the truth into us and for those who are helping us to grow in our faith in Christ. And as we have folks pouring into us, it's important for us to then turn and pour into others as we continue the celebration of blessing going. Now, he's going to continue this thought as he connects it with the next couple of verses. So he says, let the one who is taught the word share all his good things with the teacher. And so we see the importance and the beauty of this, sharing with one another. And then he continues in verse 7 and 8, and he brings this home. And he says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For what a person sows... He will also reap. He said, don't be deceived. That means don't go astray. Don't be misled. Don't wander away. Don't be deceived. This is a 
command in the passive voice. Don't be deceived. It's another command. Paul continues giving these commands as we have responsibility with one of those brothers and sisters in Christ. But there's a negative at the, at the beginning of the command, don't be deceived. So you read that from a passive perspective as what Paul is saying is don't be deceived. Rather, what he's saying is stop being deceived. Stop being led astray by who? The false teachers that he's been talking about all through Galatians. Paul warned these believers throughout Galatians. As we've been going through Galatians, he warned these believers throughout Galatians about the false teachers, the Judaizers, who were trying to lead them away from the truth of God's word. He says, don't be misled. Don't be led astray by them. Notice, Paul affirmed faithful teachers in verse 6. The faithful teachers, he said, share. Now in verse 7, he is warning about false teachers. He's saying, avoid. He's warning them about these false teachers. He said, don't be deceived or led astray from God and the truth of his word by these false teachers. Now, he's also told us, don't be deceived and don't be led astray by our sinful flesh. That's why we're to walk by the spirit and not the flesh. But he's now sharing with us, don't be deceived by these false teachers. This is a great word for you and me today. We got to be careful not to be deceived by false teachers because I'm telling you right now, there are folks teaching and preaching a false truth, a false doctrine, a false word that is in contradiction to the word of God. And we got to be careful. It's easier now to listen to more and more preachers and teachers than it ever has been before. And there's a blessing in that, but there's also got to be a warning in that. You got to be careful and make sure what is being taught is in line with the truth of God's word. Paul said, don't be misled. Don't be deceived. He shared this in 1 Corinthians 15. We said, don't be misled. Don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. He said, you need to understand. Don't be deceived. Then he says, God is not mocked. He said, God is not mocked. That literally means, literally God is not mocked means don't turn your nose up to God. It means don't sneer at God. It means don't mock, don't ridicule, don't criticize God. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. What he's saying is, don't be deceived, don't be misled. God is not able to be mocked. We can't sneer at God. We can't mock God. We can't ridicule God. We can't criticize God in any way that will stop God from being God and doing what he wants to do. We cannot fool God. We can't mock God. We have no influence or power because he's God. And he's saying, don't be deceived by these false teachers. God's not mocked. God's not fooled. God's not deceived. God's, he's God. Then he continues, for whatever a person sows. What that means is whatever a person, that person is you and me, whatever means our actions, our thoughts, and our deeds, our words. Our actions, our deeds, our thoughts, and our words. Whatever a person sows. Sows means literally scatters. It means plants. It means says or does. So whatever the thoughts, the attitudes, the actions, the words, the deeds that we sow, that we say, and that we do, that we, we sow, that we scatter, that we plant, that we put forth to those around us, Whatever a person sows, he will also reap. Reap means to harvest. It means to bring in. It means to receive. So whatever 
you or I, so in regards to our thoughts, our attitudes, our words, our deeds, our actions, we're also going to reap that. What Paul wanted these believers years ago to understand and us to understand today is we can't change God's law of sowing and reaping. We can't escape God's law of sowing and reaping, and we can't stop God's law of sowing and reaping. We can only live in subjection to God's law of sowing and reaping. We can't change God's law of sowing and reaping just like we can't change God's law of time. God's law of time says you get 24 hours in a day. Not 28, not 32, 24. We may not like God's law of sowing and reaping. We may not like God's law of time. But we are going to submit to it. And we're going to be subjected to it because it's God's law. And so he's letting us understand, for whatever person sows, he will also reap. Now here's where he begins to take it even a step further, and he gets more specific. He continues in verse 8. He says, because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh, but the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So what a person sows, he will reap. So if we sow to the flesh, he starts off with the flesh, and we know about the flesh, He's been talking to us about the flesh all the way through our study of Galatians. We know about the flesh. He says, for if you sow to the flesh, that means self. That means the lusts, the desires, the cravings of our sinful flesh that is against the spirit of God, is opposed to God and in rebellion against God. If we sow to the flesh, what he's saying is if we sow, scatter, plant, say or do things that our flesh wants us to say or do, if we are literally being led by the flesh, if what we are saying and doing is of the flesh, then we are going to reap destruction. That's what he's saying. We're going to reap destruction. If we sow evil, we're going to reap evil. If we sow pride, we're going to reap a fall. If we sow sin, we're going to reap corruption. If we sow unkindness, we're going to reap unkindness. If we sow to the flesh, we're going to reap destruction. Don't be misled. God's not mocked. He's watching. He's observing. He's God. He's king of kings and lords of lords. Whatever we sow, we're going to reap. So now he takes it a step further which you're starting to begin to understand. You're hearing that echo of verse 6, sharing good things, sharing good things. You're going to see that theme. What he's saying is if we're sowing to the flesh, if we're walking by the flesh, if we're sowing to the flesh, if we're sowing what we want, if we're saying things that we think is best, if we're doing things that we want to do, then we're going to reap stuff that we probably really don't want to reap. It's not going to work out the way we're hoping it will work out. Because we're sowing to the flesh. And he made it clear, we're going to reap destruction when we sow to the flesh. And he says, but if we sow to the Spirit, the Spirit means the Holy Spirit of God. So we get back to the walking by the flesh or walking by the Spirit, as we saw in Galatians chapter 5. So if we sow to the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit of God who dwells within us as followers of Jesus Christ, 
That means if we sow, scatter, plant, invest, say, or do things that the Holy Spirit of God wants us to do, if we're walking by the Spirit, if what we say and do is Spirit-led, if what we say and do is of the Spirit, then we will reap, what does he say? Eternal life. We'll reap eternal life. Now, we as followers of Jesus Christ understand that we have eternal life now. I hope you understand that you have eternal life now. I have eternal life now. Our eternal life is secured through our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. As secure as we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God, we have eternal life with God. Now, we're not walking in the fullness of it yet. We will walk in the fullness of our eternal life one day when God brings us home to heaven. And what a day that will be as we rejoice with him throughout eternity. But right now, we have abundant life in Christ, and we have new life in Christ, and we do have eternal life in Christ. It's, it's here, but it's not yet fulfilled. But we experience and understand, in part, the blessings of it. And so what Paul is saying is, if you're so into the flesh, you're going to reap destruction. It's not going to work out well for you. But if you're so into the Spirit... You're going to reap life. You're going to reap blessings. You're going to reap what God wants to pour in your lives. So if we sow encouragement, that means we're going to reap encouragement. If we sow blessings, we'll reap blessings. If we sow comfort, we'll reap comfort. If we sow confession of sin, we'll reap forgiveness of sin from God. If we sow purity, we'll reap holiness. If we sow obedience, we'll reap God's blessings. And so Paul's making it so clear to us. Galatians 5, he said, walk by the Spirit, not the flesh. If you're walking by the flesh, here are the list of the things of the flesh. It's not good, verses 19 through 21. And if you walk by the Spirit, here's the fruit of the Spirit, really good, verses 22 and following. And now he gets to this point, and he's reminding us, hey, I've been talking to you about this. Don't be misled. Don't follow those false teachers. They're going to lead you astray because if you're walking by the flesh, you're so into the flesh, you're going to reap destruction. Relationships aren't going to work out. You're not going to feel the ways you want to feel. And things aren't going to work the way you want to work. But if you're walking by the Spirit, you're going to sow to the Spirit and you're going to reap blessings. And we see Paul defined and, and gave us the example of verses 7 and 8 in verse 6. When he reminded us in verse 6, and now we begin to understand, he told us in verse 6, the teacher is the one who sows God's word into our lives, right? Teachers are the one who sows God's word into our lives. Therefore, that teacher has the, should have the opportunity to receive blessings from us, feedback from us, which is why Paul said, hey, share all your good things with your teacher. Because there's someone of the Spirit you're receiving from the Spirit, so you need to bless through the Spirit. And so we see the beauty of this passage coming together. And we also now are introduced in verses 7 and 8 to the concept, to the law, to God's principle of sowing and reaping. And the imagery behind sowing and reaping, you know the imagery behind sowing and reaping. It's agricultural imagery. It's the imagery of the farmer who plants his seed, who sows and the spring sows the seeds, prepares the field, waters, and then they reap a harvest in the summer. And so we see this sowing and reaping imagery. 
that works in agriculture and has and will continue to, but it also works in our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. We see these principles come through sowing and reaping in our own lives, in our walk with Christ. And that's what Paul is reminding us here in our responsibilities to one another. He's helping us pick up one another, hold up one another, look up one another, share with one another. Remember, you're either walking by the Spirit or you're walking by the flesh. If you're walking by the flesh, you're going to reap destruction. If you're walking by the Spirit, you're going to reap blessings. Because there's this law that God has. It's called sowing and reaping. Whatever we sow, that's what we're going to reap. And if we want blessings, if we want all that God has for us, if we want to reap all that we see here in this word that is so good, all we've got to do is just walk by the Spirit. All that means is we've got to yield to God, let him have his way in and through us. And he'll empower us to do just that. And so he's making it so clear. Why? Because he wants us as brothers and sisters in Christ to get involved in sowing and reaping in one another's lives. And pouring into one another. And sharing with one another. This is just a big, huge, one another feast in the Word of God. Now, let's just look at a few of these principles of sowing and reaping that we see, uh, not only in agriculture, but we see in our lives and what Paul is teaching here in this passage. Just a few of these principles. One, principle number one that we need to understand that we live by today, we understand, he's bringing clarity to it, we reap what we sow. Number one is we reap what we sow. Listen, we need to be reminded of this. If a farmer sows okra, the farmer will reap okra. A farmer doesn't sow okra and reap corn. It doesn't work that way. If a farmer sows okra, the farmer is going to reap a harvest of okra. We don't sow sin and reap God's blessings. We don't sow wrong and reap right. We don't sow selfishness and reap God's provision and God's blessings. We reap what we sow. If we sow to the Spirit, we will reap the blessings and life from the Spirit. As simple and as elemental as this is, as foundational as this principle is, quite honestly, I believe many followers of Christ miss this point. They think, I'm going to live however I want to live, and then I want God to bless. <laughs> That's a violation of the sowing and reaping principle. That's not going to happen. We get so disobedient and expect the blessings of God that come through obedience so we understand what Paul's trying to make sure we're, we're reminded of. Hey, listen, we reap what we sow. He made it clear. If, if we sow to the Spirit, we're, man, just get ready. Get ready. Blessings are coming. But if we're sowing to the flesh, don't be misled. <laughs> don't get confused. Don't think you can sow to the flesh and reap from the Spirit. It doesn't work that way. Second, we reap in proportion to what we sow. We not only reap what we sow, we reap in proportion to what we sow. You know this as well as I do. The more seed a farmer sows, the more harvest the farmer will reap. And we see this as a spiritual principle. 
that Paul has shared in this passage, but we see it all throughout the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6, Paul said this, the point is this, the one who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. The one who sows generously will reap generously. Well, there's a foundational principle. We reap what we sow, and we reap in proportion to what we sow. If we sow sparingly, be assured, you're going to reap sparingly. But if we sow generously to God, we can expect and look forward to reaping generously from God. It's what Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians. He was talking about from a financial perspective and giving to God. Because he's dealing with some folks who had a lot, but they weren't giving but a little. And they were expecting a lot. And Paul said, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't work that way. Don't work that way. God doesn't want our money. God doesn't need our money. God wants our hearts. He wants our obedience. He wants our commitment. And he knows our commitment, our hearts, our obedience is often tied to our wallets, our bank accounts. He says, so if you want to give generously, you're going to reap generously. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. And so we reap in proportion to what we sow. So that's why he's encouraging us as brothers and sisters in Christ, continue to sow, continue to sow, and to sow generously, to sow encouragement generously, to sow kindness generously, to sow peace generously, to sow love generously, to sow ministry generously, to sow service generously, to sow uh, all that you can, all your blessings generously. God's a generous giver. Sow generously and will reap generously. We also know the third principle is we reap more than we sow. We reap what we sow. We reap in proportion to what we sow. And we reap more than what we sow. And we see this from the flesh perspective and from the spirit. You know that there, you can take a, a single grain of wheat and you can plant it in the ground. And uh, those who work in the agricultural industry will tell you that single grain of wheat will grow up and produce a stalk and that stalk of wheat will have multiple heads, and within those multiple heads, there will be dozens and dozens and dozens of more grains and seeds of wheat. And so you plant one, and you then are able to reap over and over and over and over again more than what you've planted. So we know that we reap more than we sow as well. We see this from a perspective, if let's look at it from the two perspectives that Paul shared. We reap more than we sow. When we sow to the flesh, if we sow a sinful thought, a sinful action, a sinful word, a fleshly thought, action, word, or deed, we will reap more of that destruction, more from that one sinful thought, word, or deed that we sowed, we will potentially reap more and more and more from that. Think, for example, of our Old Testament friend from the perspective of David. David sowed staring at Bathsheba as she was outside at night. That was a sinful deed. He sowed staring at her. Did it just reap at that point? No, we know the devastation, the destruction that he reaped from that one deed was overwhelmingly more. And it just continued all throughout his family. When we sow to the flesh, 
We're going to reap destruction. And a lot of times that destruction is more than what we could have ever thought. Likewise, if we sow to the Spirit, if we sow a spiritual, a kind word, deed, or action, if we're sowing to the Spirit, if we're walking by the Spirit and we're doing what God's called us to do, we're sharing, we're blessing, we're ministering, then we're going to also be able to see more blessings than we can even count come as a result of that. Think of it in this way. When you help a brother or sister in Christ get back into their walk with the Lord, They then continue walking with the Lord. You can't contain, you can't count, you can't measure how many people they're going to come into contact with and bless. And it could be all pointed back to when you helped and you sowed picking them up and holding them up so they could get back up and go with the Lord. When we help someone come to faith in Christ, all that they then do and lead to is amazing. Think of the person who had a part in leading Billy Graham to the Lord. Could you imagine that one or those ones that God used? God's the one who saved him. Nobody does. Nobody saves. God does. But the ones he used, saved. could you imagine the rest of their lives as they watched that young man grow? And, and all that happened. How do we know that there's not some more of those folks right back there in those rooms? We don't. That's why we're serving our preschool. That's why we're serving our children. That's why we're serving our student ministry. Who knows? We're sowing. We're sowing. We're sowing to the Spirit. Who knows in this room? That's why we sow the Word of God. Who knows what's going to happen? We know we reap more than we sow. And then the fourth principle we see is that as we sow and reap, we walk by faith. As we sow and reap, we walk by. You know, the farmer, he, the farmer sows, the farmer waters, the farmer plants, uh, the farmer uh, works the ground, the farmer uh, watches and waits, and then ultimately the farmer trusts that God brings the growth and the harvest to the crop. We as followers of Jesus Christ, we understand and know that we plant and we water. That means we serve, we minister, we bless We love, we encourage, we forgive, we comfort, we carry one another's burdens, we restore one another as we walk by faith. And then we trust God to bring the growth and the harvest to all that he does through us. This sowing and reaping principle as We saw last week in verses 3 through 5, this sowing and reaping principle has a present and a future perspective. Sowing and reaping, the principle of sowing and reaping, God's law of sowing and reaping has a present and future perspective. And you see it here in verse 7 and verse 8. The present perspective is there are times where we sow and we reap here on this side of heaven. And we're able to see it. God lets us see the sowing and the reaping. We're sowing, hopefully, prayerfully to the Spirit. And there are times as we're sowing to the Spirit that we will reap from our sowing. And we will reap those blessings. And we will reap those encouragements. And we'll reap all that God has for us. Sometimes here on this side of heaven. We're sowing and we're reaping. At times, if we're sowing to the flesh, we reap the destruction of the flesh. And at times... We reap that destruction because we're sowing to the flesh here on this side of glory. There's a present 
focus. But there's also a future focus, and that future focus is this. As followers of Jesus Christ, we know this to be the truth. We sow day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. We sow our entire lives. And hopefully and prayerfully, we're sowing to the Spirit. And when those times and moments come when we sow to the flesh, we hope and pray the Holy Spirit convicts us, our brother or sister in Christ holds us accountable, and we confess our sin and we get right back up and we continue walking by the Spirit and sowing to the Spirit. But we know as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're sowing every day throughout the day, our entire lives, because there's coming a day, the future emphasis. See, Paul said, we will reap. We will reap. We'll reap is in the future tense. See, there's coming a day when we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And on this side of glory, there are times where we sow when we reap and we see it. But there's coming a day when we as followers of Jesus Christ, we're going to stand before the judgment seat. And then we're going to be able to give an account and we're going to be able to see and we're going to be able to reap the blessings that we will receive as we've sown to the Spirit. The life abundant, the life eternal, the new life that Christ will see, will be in glory with all those that we had an opportunity to sow to the Spirit into those brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. It reminds us of the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The truth is we can do nothing about yesterday. It's gone. So we can't do anything about yesterday. We can't do anything about the time we wasted sowing to the flesh rather than sowing to the spirit. We cannot do anything about yesterday. Maybe the mistakes we made, the opportunities that we didn't take. It serves us no purpose to beat ourselves up, to loathe ourselves for the mistakes and the time that we wasted in the past sowing to the flesh. The exciting news is today is a new day. Today is a new day. And God wants us to start sowing his way today. God wants us to start sowing his way right now. And as we sow to the Spirit today and every day moving forward, we get a front row seat to watching God work. And as we sow God's way to the Spirit today, we get to watch God as He allows us to reap the blessings of life, His blessings, knowing that our ultimate reaping is going to come one day in glory, where he welcomes us home and says, well done, my good and faithful servant. What a blessing that will be. It puts even more emphasis, more excitement, and more joy on sowing to the Spirit here and now in these moments today. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. It's an opportunity for us to do what the Word has said, sow to the Spirit. Listen, the Spirit's leading, you can continue 
and move right now. You can get up. The altar is open as it always is to come and kneel and do business with the Father. Our pastors will be here at the front. They'd love to minister to you. They'd love to pray with you, pray over you. They'd love to share God's truth with you. If you've got a, a, a concern, a care, a burden, they'll pray for you, pray with you. Listen, you may want to go to a teacher here, someone, a brother or sister in Christ that has ministered to you, that has blessed you. I can think of no greater way to walk in obedience to the word than right here, right now, in these moments, to step out in faith and to share your good words with a brother or sister who has taught you the word. That's literally what Paul's been telling us. And as we sow to the Spirit, we're going to reap from the Spirit. So the more we sow the things of the Lord, the more we're going to reap the blessings of the Lord. Listen, if you know someone's dealing with a difficult time, going through a challenge, a stress, a hurt, a burden, a loss, man, go to them and sow blessing into them, sow encouragement into them, sow prayer into their lives, sow the Word of God, share a word from the Scriptures with them. Give them that encouraging word. That's what it means to sow to the spirits. And listen, this is what God wants for us as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. If you're watching online, text somebody, email somebody, sow into a brother or sister. Call somebody. Sow into a brother or sister. The beauty of us being here together in these moments is, man, we're, we're here. This is it. We're brothers and sisters. It's family time. It's sowing time. It's sharing time. It's what God desires. And that takes courage. And it takes faith to get out, get a little uncomfortable, to step out. But that's what the Lord calls us to do. Listen, if you've never received this gift of salvation that we've been talking about through faith in Christ Jesus, then I would encourage you, receive God's gift of salvation today. We would love to introduce you to Jesus. He took your place on the cross and he paid your price for sin. The sin that stands in between you and God that you can't get rid of because it separates you from God. Jesus is taken care of because he took your place on the cross. He shed his blood. He died on the cross. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. He's alive. And he is the only way for us to have a relationship with our Father God. It's by trusting in Jesus and his work on the cross and placing our faith and trust in him. And God forgives us of our sin and he welcomes us into his family. And then as he welcomes us to his, into his family, he says, okay, now I need you to start sharing. I need you to start encouraging. I need you to start sowing. Now let's get going. And he gives us his spirit to help us do just that. So let's walk in obedience. Let's walk in the word. Let's stand and say yes to the Father this morning.